Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. On goes full. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Good evening, Wolves fans. Good morning if you're listening on to your in your commute to work tomorrow or whenever that may be. It's little Dan Austin, the Wolves Fancast match preview. And tonight I've got with me Josh at Lem underscore WFC on Twitter. Uh, how are you going, Josh? I'm all good, mate. Yourself? I'm all good, mate. I just want to ask you a quick question right off the bat because I know you're very, very vocal on Twitter. If you could have a drink with one person um, out of these two, who would it be? Ruben Neves or Lewis Hamilton? Oh, because you absolutely love Lewis no. Hamilton. You carded that to me like, oh, that's so. I, I could, I just cannot decide. Probably have to say Lewis Hamilton. I've got to say, I'm sorry to say, I probably would have to say Lewis Hamilton. Oh, what a, what a controversial I, start to tonight's episode. I know. <laughs> I feel terrible, wouldn't I? <laughs> sorry, Ruby, if you're watching, mate. You're listening. He's <laughs> it, it, a regular watcher. Um, I, got, I, got told, I got told the other week he likes to sit down with his kids just before bedtime and uh, watch the Wolves Fancast match preview. <laughs> Thanks to those who join us tonight, uh, as I said, on the, on the match preview, part of the 90min.com network and our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Obviously, it's been a lively week for all sort of uh, football journalists out there with the uh, sacking of Bruno Large on Sunday. We talked about the imminent departure on our uh, post-match review of the after the defeat against West Ham. And it was just, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it, Josh, that without a big performance and a, a good result, he, he was out the door after West Ham. Oh, 100%. Look, I was in the away on Saturday and you could just tell the fans had had enough, like, especially the, a couple of the, the substitutions. But I, I'm glad myself, I, I wanted rid of him back end of last season so to see him you know, no it doesn't hurt me it was um he's had a, a lot of horrendous luck with with strikers that's the only sort of leniency that i'm giving him um i'm going to we'll look at the uh chelsea lineup uh later on but we need to talk about what he's posted um this evening on his instagram because he's made quite a few um i'm gonna say excuses but mentioning what i just said is a horrendous luck with strikers losing um sasha kalacic his main summer striker signing Jimenez hasn't been the the, the striker that he needed uh, bruno large needed him to be and on top of Wolf spending what we did on fabio silva he's gone on to say he was uh, this is Bruno Large on his Instagram this evening. I am remarkably honoured to have served Wolverhampton FC. I am indebted to Chairman Grow and Jeff Shee for the opportunity. I am also indebted to everyone working at the club for making me feel at home, to the players for their unprofessionalism, sorry, professionalism and commitment with us. Um, what else did he go on to say? He mentioned something about um, the nine away wins, which is uh, Wolves' Premier League record. <laughs> My opinion, Josh Don, about yourself is that he's had horrendous luck, but with the squad that we've got, we should have been doing a lot better, shouldn't we? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think there's no excuse for some of the stuff that we've churned out. I understand, you know, he takes a little snide remark, doesn't he, about the striker thing, but, you know, I just look and go, 
you, you know, I'm not going to sit here and deny he's not had bad luck, but then I also think, like I say, he should, he should do much better. There's the quality of play that's there, the money we've spent, the, the football should be better. Maybe not the results because you could, but the football should be better. It's so dull. It's like worse, in my opinion, it's worse than watching Nunez last season, in which, in that season, we lost 85% of our goals from the year prior. It's just so dull. It's terrible to watch. I'd rather Wolves start losing games 3-2, 2-1 and have a bit of entertainment, score some goals, then just lose the way we do. You know, surrender. 1-0 down Saturday, you knew we was... I mean, you knew you lost before the game, but you knew we was going to lose when we went 1-0 down. It was. It's so frustrating. I think the recruitment team, since we got knocked out of the Europa League, our recruitment has been really, really hampered Nuno and Bruno not 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 fixing the striker situation after um Jimenez got injured spending the money that we did on Fabio Silva obviously losing Kalajic on his debut was just killed any sort of attacking threat that we had I think we brought in uh, we mentioned Gonzalo Guedes off air before we started the show and the money that we've outlaid on Guedes hasn't really looked good business yet has it Josh it's not you know you see I think a lot of the players are just devoid of any confidence, though. And I've seen fans on like social media have talked about Wolves being overcoached. But then I also look and go, I don't think we coached it all in the final third. Some of the things we did, there's no idea to what we've got. And I also found it pretty funny Saturday that we've changed formation countless times, personnel. We've had two different managers and we still resort back to giving the ball to Adama at Wyden hoping and praying he's going to put one in the box. After all these years, we're still relying on the same things. Obviously, we went into a, uh, a lot of depth after the rest Ham match and uh, earlier on in the week, but what, what was your thoughts on the actual performance away at West Ham? Obviously, Diego Costa, what was your, your thoughts on him? I thought Costa, Costa looked good, looked promising. Uh, didn't look like he's coming for just another payday. He looked like he's actually wanting it. And I, I was pretty impressed. I just think in general, though, West Ham, I think we had a lot of the game. And I was probably unlucky to lose 2-0, but we didn't deserve score either. Um, I just think it was, it was just one of them. It was like a typical Bruno performance. You've, I've seen that same performance a hundred times. We've got joining myself and Josh tonight, um, Goonie from Man Knows Football, the YouTube channel. I'd advise you, if you're a massive fan of football, to, to go and follow this guy, subscribe to his channel. He's regularly on uh, Troops AFC TV um, on YouTube as well. Um, how are you going, Gary? Doing well, man. Thank you very much for having me on yet again, Josh. Good to see you, my bro. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I'm on a bit of a positive one after the result that we got yesterday. Um, absolutely battered AC Milan in um, deserved fashion as well, entertaining fashion, bruv. Something we ain't seen for a minute. So I feel good, man. Not gonna lie. We'll talk a bit more in depth of obviously saddest fixture between Chelsea and Wolves, but. What was your feelings on Diego Costa's return to the Premier League, Gurney? Diego Costa is one of my all-time favourite Chelsea players. I love him to bits. Yeah, so any team getting Diego Costa was always going to get the thumbs up from me. As long as it weren't Arsenal or one of those <laughs> other teams over there, I was always going to be happy for him. So I think it's a good signing for you. I still think he's got a bit of a point to prove since he left Chelsea. He has been a little quiet by his standards. Um 
possibly on a decline. I don't know. I can't say I've seen too much of him since he's left. But there is a top quality player in there. One thing you're definitely going to get from Diego Costa is he's going to give it 100% at all times. He's just that player. It's just his, in his nature. He loves a dogfight, as you know, as you remember from the Premier League. Definitely got an eye for goal as well. Um, would throw his mum in front of a bus to score a goal, bruv. That's just the kind of striker that you're getting. <laughs> I, you know, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. It's part of him. Love him to bits, man. One thing he's definitely going to give you is good memories. Like, he's an entertaining guy. I think a lot of people was actually surprised with how sharp he looked with his link-up link play on Saturday, Josh, considering he hasn't played a competitive game since um, November. Daniel Pones has come out on the Wolves website this week saying that he even he's been surprised at how good technically he is, but he is he is going to be the sort of hopefully the last piece of this jigsaw with us moving to, from a back five to a back four to give us a bit more opportunities in attacking half. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I was really impressed. He looked like I say he looked sharp. His movement off the ball was really impressive. He probably should have scored that chance off the Adam Redder, but it doesn't make a difference anyway. But you know, I, I was impressed. You know, he, he did not. Looked like a guy who's sat on the bench for well, sat out for nine months. I was, I was really impressed with him. It was quite refreshing to see a striker that didn't want to just be marked by the opponent's centre halves. It was just refreshing, and it was. And he also, you could tell he's got that passion and the fight f for the club. You know, he's not just he has not just come for that payday. He's going to fight every single ball, every single game. And that's what what more. That's what you can ask for. Well, let's uh, quickly look at what, what we've predicted in regards to the likely lineups on Saturday. Uh, Gurney, you dropped me your team in the DMs earlier. Uh, Kepper in goal, uh, a back three with wing backs Koulibaly, Thiago Silva, and Marcus, uh, is it Mark Cucurella. Uh, wing backs Reese James and uh, Ben Chilwell, a midfield two of Kovacic and Ruben Loftus Cheek, and a front three of Sterling, Abamyang, and Mason Mount. Um, what was your thoughts on the actual performance uh, last night? You did say um, you've come here with a bit of excitement, but did did Milan roll over or were Chelsea just literally too good for them? What was your thoughts on sort of uh, Tamori on his return to the bridge? Um, if, if I'm being 100% honest, there was a bit of both. I think Chelsea did put in a good performance. Our transitions were a lot better than what we've previously seen. We're moving the ball around a lot quicker. Um, and, we, you know, we, we were hitting AC on the counter every time as well. We were successful, consistently um, overloaded them as well. 5v4s, they tried to switch it up uh, to a back three, obviously, which is a back five, to, you know, counter that. And then Potter with his tactical masterclass changed up again when with the uh with the, with the front three so it was it was just it, it was a great performance altogether and it just showed you know just how on point that Graham Potter is but i say that to say this AC Milan they they didn't impress me that midfield i expected way more from them i thought Benasser had a terrible game terrible terrible game was by far one of the worst players on the pitch um, Tonali, by his standard, only posed a threat possibly once or twice. But yeah, by AC Milan standards, they they I don't think they were at their best, no. But still, you got to put the goals away, man. Um, Tomori on his return, uh, I think it's a night to forget for him, uh, to tell you the truth, especially for uh, the Aubameyang goal. I think he's partly at fault with that. He's, he's, his body shape was completely wrong. Um, got to the ball late as well. It was just, it was just messy from him. A couple of times he'd been beaten as well. Um, it wasn't his best performance. I know he's a better player than that, but if Gareth Southgate was watching that, he's definitely not going to be too happy with himself. 
devastating sort of news. I'm not sure the extent of the the injury yet, but losing Wesley Fofana is a, a massive blow. Is that why you've got Marcus? Is it Mark? Is it Mark or Marcus Cucurella? It's Mark. Um, and Mark I would. Cucurella's- and I'd I'd switch Kukurella and Koulibaly around, so I'd have Kukurella as the left centre back rather than the right on the on the feet. Yeah, perfect. But um, yeah, for fun is a big blow. But we got the news today that it's not as bad as first feared. It's not going to be a long, long layoff. It is going to be between four and six weeks, which is a lot better than what you know was going round because some were saying it could be laid off for months, uh, damage to the ligament or whatever. But Thank goodness it's just a bruise. I think it's a bruised knee ligament or something like that. Four to six weeks. So we should be back in, in well, four to six weeks is still a long time, but you should be back anyway for, um, for this season. So we've got a bit of a defensive conundrum uh, on Saturday, haven't we, Josh? With uh, obviously Nathan Collins still suspended, uh, Ruben Libero Neves is suspended. Um, we've got I've got Toti uh, Gomez in at right centre back next to Kilman. Do, do you see it being anything different to that back four there? Which I've got Samado at right back, and then I've put Johnny back in at left back. I totally agree with that starting eleven. Um, it'd be quite interesting to see if you know if they do. Obviously, these two coaches have come in and how involved they are normally in training. It'd be interesting to see if they actually pick Totti. Whether maybe Bruno was being too harsh or or whatever you'd that'd be really interesting to see whether just what happens because obviously they you know say they go and play a five at the back or something outrageous then you're looking at well maybe they aren't very good at all but it'd be interesting to see i'd pick that team i don't think there's not much else you can do really unless you're going to put penance in for guedes but other than that the options are severely limited yeah um i think Brin, i did mention before west ham that he's been reluctant to use Toti due to Toti's lack of a pre-season um, Yusuf Mosquera is not really featured. I don't think he has made a Premier League appearance yet, has he? I think he got no, I think he taken off injured in the Carabao Cup at home to Tottenham last season. But you mentioned there um, maybe the possibility of Poden starting. We've, I've got a midfield three of Matinho, Bubakar, Traore and, and Mateus. Um, Guedes, Adama and Diego Costa as a front three. My biggest concern is uh, Gonzalo Guedes coming up on on that side against Reese James. I'm not sure Gwedes has got the defensive capabilities to cope with that. So you did mention maybe is is a Wolves going back to a back five a possibility. Maybe we could I don't even know who you could, who you could play as a sort of sweeper. I mean, you could put sort of kill minutes um at centre back and bring Mosquera yeah. in at left centre back just to maybe shore up a bit more defensively. But as I just said, I, I think Gwedes coming up against Reese James has got uh, disaster written all over it. The only thing you could do is do something outrageous and play like eight nuries, like a hybrid left yeah. winger, and just say your job is to because, like, you know, you're you a good point about Guedes. Obviously, don't forget with his uh, for the De Bruyne for the first Man City goal, he just lost De Bruyne like it was yeah. nothing. So, you know, you've got to, it's a good question to raise. Do you just play eight nuries like a hybrid left winger, left fullback, and Try now, but I think it depends on what what your game plan is. Is Wolves just gonna stick in there as long as they can, or are they actually gonna try and maybe take the game a little bit to Chelsea? It's quite hard to tell what Steve Davis and Chase Collins are gonna do because obviously there's nothing to go by. Yeah, it's a tough job for those two coming in on Saturday. Um, we had the conversation off air, didn't we, Josh, about whether they've got the um i don't really want to say minerals because it's not really fair to say that but it's a difficult decision on whether they actually start diego costa isn't it 
Well, I think you're again. You raised a great point with the any manager who comes in is not going to want to lose. You know, if we get cost gets injured at the weekend and then he loses, and then we've lost our only striker. Whoever comes in's got an absolute, you know, a mountain to climb. So on top of what already is a, a, a huge job, so it, it's hard to say. You'd probably not take not play Costa, play Pedenz as a false nine, and just run the risk and of getting battered. You know, that's all I could suggest because you'd rather. Have Costa for not Forest, then not have Costa because other than that, again, you just don't see where the goals are going to come from. I got a bit of flack on Twitter for slating uh, Bruno for not starting Diego Costa. I felt on Saturday he should have been given at least 45 minutes, but it's like you said, it's it's it's, it's a tightrope situation, isn't it, with Diego Costa at the moment due to his inactivity over the last year. And um, I just think if we can get a Dharma and Diego Costa on the pitch, if we can just try and nick a goal early and then just defend for our lives after, I think that's our only sort of way forward on Saturday. We've mentioned our defensive conundrum, um, Gurney, because obviously we've lost Nathan Collins and <laughs> makeshift defender Ruben Neves. But what's that front three um, sort of movement? Is this is this a rigid front three? You've got Sterling on the left and Mason Mentz on the right, or are they Absolutely constantly not. interchanging? It's fluid. Yeah, it's very fluid. It's, it's inter- interchanging at all times. And Mason has got sort of a uh, unique kind of role where like although on paper he is starting quite full um, far forward in the defensive phase he does drop into that midfield and make it a free in that middle with Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek where Sterling and Aubameyang then go a little bit more central um, Aubameyang more advanced and Sterling would be the second striker sort of that'll be running off um, the, the striker um, if anything on the counter but um in that, I think on the attacking phase, uh, if you do go back to the trident there, uh, Aubameyang there, yeah, perfect. And you put, what we'll be looking to do is, obviously, we don't attack as just the three, we attack as the five. So the, the uh, wing-backs are just going to push up. Reese James, obviously, is going to be part of that, as is Ben Chilwell. It's going to be part of that. They like to play quite um, parallel to each other in the attack. So um, that's just going to give us numbers forward. And that goes with um, Graham Potter's philosophy. He does like to overload the defence. He does like to put numbers forward. Obviously, you're five versus four, but I see you're dropping back some of your midfielders. And that's where we're going to get their help of, you know, your Kovacic's and your Loftus-Cheek's. Obviously, they can't both go too far forward because we risk getting hit on the counter. So one is going to have to stay slightly further back than the other one uh, because we don't actually have a natural natural sitting DM. That's something that quite worries me in the squad. But behind them, obviously, you've got Kukurela, Thiago Silva, Koulibaly. Koulibaly and Kukurela will push up slightly um, towards the halfway line, I believe, as well. Thiago Silva just being there as the sweeper. So... Um, yeah, I think really what we're going to be looking to do is just over, overload whatever side that we're trying to play against and just, you know, occupy, uh, you know, 2v1s and try and get triangles around certain players. Um, that's just great and pot of football, really, isn't it? Quite similar to what Thomas Tuchel was doing. Phil, I may have lost you there for a second towards the end. That, what you mentioned there with sort of the overloads and, and pressing those wing-backs up high, this seems like a classic Nuno counter-attack <laughs> possibility, doesn't it? That Adama on the break and Diego Costa, obviously you'd want sort of Nunes and Guedes getting high up the field in the transition, but it is going to be a, a, a backs-to-the-wall for a lot of this game, isn't it, Josh? Oh, you just... If, I think if you offered me a turn on loss now, I'd probably take it. Honestly, I really would. I just don't see. I don't see a wolf score. 
I don't see how we keep him out. Simple as that, really. I think even if they had, even if we had a first team manager, you'd think the same. Is is it that is that same sort of mindset for you, Goonie, going into Saturday? Is that anything less than a win? Uh, well, a high scoring win's a disappointment. Um, I wouldn't say a high scoring win because I, I I don't like to you know disrespect Wolves in the sense that you lot are a bad defensive team. You're not like we, we've found it difficult to score against you as we've been free flowing against you. It's a funny one against you lot, but um. I do expect there to be goals, certainly from our side. We're in good goal-scoring form as well. Reese James coming into some good form, as you've seen. Aubameyang, um, two goals on the trot can only be a good thing. Uh, Raheem Sterling as well. Um, he's He's been a good addition for us. Um, and yeah, that, so I, I do expect to see a couple goals in this game, man. Um, I'm not going to lie. You mentioned... Um... Pardons earlier on, Josh in a in a false nine. It, it's not really the sort of thing that we we want to be seeing on Saturday, isn't it? That I think that would set a lot of people up for negative vibes before we've even kicked off. But the lack of the lack of a striker has been clearly evident this season under Bruno, and um, obviously we've we've not been without we've been without Fabio Silva this season. How did you what did you make of his performance tonight against West Ham? The bits that I watch, you look good. And like I say, that chance that's floating around Twitter where Ariola makes like a great save. He would never have done what he did tonight in his first two seasons, the way he got in between the two centre-halves, got in, you know, got in, got the header. You just would never have seen it. So it's impressive. He looks like he's bulked up and he's definitely improved his game. It's been a good loan in terms of for him, probably personally, but for us in there, just like, oh. you know, every time I see him score, I'm like, what could have been? But... I think it's for the better. They're just, we've unfortunately, we've got Jimenez who's injured and Claude who's injured and Diego Costa, well, you know, but he's so unknown. It's such an unknown quantity. What do we do with him? Do, you know, because you could, could easily play him Saturday and he could play every game for the rest of the season. You go, oh, you know, no injury problems, but the risk that we're taking, especially for Saturday's game, it's unlikely we're going to win. You've got to balance that risk for reward. Whereas, look, you forest, you might go, it's definitely there, you know. We should we should play him because that's a much bigger game for us. Yeah, it's a massive, massive decision for the um, interim guys on Saturday to make. Gooney, I just want to talk about Diego Costa again because is there anything that would rise the fear within your soul if Chelsea, after an error, haven't brought Wolves down and Wolves make that substitution and Diego Costa is coming onto the pitch? Uh, there's several things that would make me shit my pants. Um, one <laughs> is Jorginho being on the pitch while that happens. And two is Aspilicueta also being on the pitch while that happens. Because at that point, I believe we become much more vulnerable. Um, the reason why I bring up Jorginho in this is because he's not an athletic player. He doesn't get around the pitch quite a bit noisy, very physical. Sometimes he can be, sometimes he does win the ball, but more times out of 10, he doesn't. So if that midfield gets bypassed, as you know, that puts more pressure on that defence, which is going to tempt them to step out. Diego Costa is a smart striker. He's not going to try and isolate Koulibaly. He's not going to try and isolate Thiago Silva. He's going to try and isolate Aspilicueta, who 
I'm not trying to disrespect him, but at this stage in his career is the weak link between the three, which is what any top striker is going to do. Ronaldo used to do things like that all the time. He used to identify the weak link and used to target it all the time. So I think he's going to do something similar there if that's the case. So that's what would really scare me. Another thing as well, is um, Koulibaly has proven to be, be a bit rash. He is susceptible to a yellow card yesterday against AC Milan. Quite a few early fouls. He was lucky not to get booked. The ref was quite patient with him, but he's got to avoid doing that. Diego Costa's got that psychology about him where he knows how to get under players' skins. He knows the dark arts of football. Do you know what I mean? So it's, we have to see whether Koulibaly is going to fall into that trap. I know Thiago Silva's very experienced. He might not necessarily do that. Uh, Koulibaly, yes, he's got experience, but for me, he's a bit of an unknown element in terms of that so it remains to be seen so there's a lot of tricks up Diego Costa's pocket man 100% um, we've had obviously quite a few comments tonight. Uh, Dean Moore, Dean Marsden saying Ryan eight nor at left back is in a bad shape could go all out attack with a 4-2-3-1 Bubakar Traore um, box to box with Pardence in at the number 10 I think Daniel Pardence's best position for Wolves in the future is in that number 10 role Josh but on Saturday are we able to have that sort of luxury of him in the number 10 or I think it's so hard to say it's hard to say because you you think well the best sometimes the best form of defense is attacking you think why not just go and have a go and just show something you know give the fans something to cheer about we're, we're unlikely to win anyway so why not have a go play four two three one team midfielders I mean I find it quite interesting that I think Nunes has looked his best so far when he's played with just one bloke next to him in the midfield. I think it feels like 4 3 3. It's a bit too overcrowded with technicians in there for all this. It's like Nevis doing the defensive work. I don't know. It just feels a bit overcrowded and a bit too. Everyone's a bit samey. And I'm like, I'd like to see drop that midfielder. Like I said, obviously it would be Martina. You're not going to drop Nevis or Nunes. And in a normal game, and you go, right, let's go 4 2 3 1. Pedence, get the attackers on. And try and build, we need to build confidence. I think that's a big thing is we're so devoid of confidence. A couple of goals might make the difference. But I think this is more of a look towards Forest. You just look at the weekend and you probably go, no, no, let's play 4-3-3. Four, four, three, three. But you also look, will the player try already? Uh, but you know, I think for, I, me personally, I think he's got he's got to start Bubakar Traore on Saturday. I just think we need a bit more energy in midfield. And as good as Matinho has been for the majority of his career, and especially in a wall shirt, is that... I don't think we can have just a um, a steady possession midfielder on Saturday. I think we need we need energy in that midfield. I think Bubakar Traore has got to be um, biting at his teeth to get in that starting lineup on Saturday. Um, Steve Kessler in the comments section saying, "I don't think we can afford to wrap Diego Costa up in in cotton wool. We need the likes of Guedes and Powden and Sadama to actually add a viable contribution to our attack." Uh, obviously, got instant access, as said. Pauled inside of Guedes. Uh, Sativa Breeder saying, uh, Good evening, guys from the southern Spain. If you're uh, watching us live tonight, drop a quick like in the uh, bottom left of your screen. There's quite a lot of fixtures, obviously, on Saturday Bournemouth and Leicester, Chelsea Wolves, Man City, Southampton, Newcastle, Brentford are the three o'clocks, and Brighton versus Tottenham is the half five on Saturday. Um, let's quickly get to Wolf's sort of managerial situation at the moment. Obviously, Bruno Large was sacked on Sunday. Gooney, uh, Julian Lopetegui seems to be the front runner for Wolves at the moment after his sacking from Sevilla last night. What's your thoughts on Lopetegui and uh, 
possibly being the new Wolves manager? I don't think that's a bad option for you. Um, he he has decent, I think it's Europa League pedigree, I believe, right? Did he manage Sevilla or am I thinking about someone yeah, else? Yeah, no, he, he, yeah. Won the, he won the Europa League this season, Sevilla beat Wolves. Um, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's a top-class manager, obviously managed Spain and Real Madrid. Uh, he was due to, to become Wolves manager in 2016 before Wolves went down the uh, Nuno route. So he has got, like you said, a lot of pedigree. Um, my own sort of personal opinion is is that we we need to get him in. But if Wolves fans are expecting some form of more attacking entertainment, I'm not sure whether he's that manager. Yeah, I was just about to say that one thing you're definitely going to get from him is resilience at the back because he does he does know how to you know shore up a defense. Attacking wise, he might suffer, but you might be getting results as you know as as a reward of of his hiring. And it's just about thinking, are you going to worry more about pretty football or just getting results? Because if that ugly football gets you Europa League football or whatever, do you know what I mean? You're not going to be complaining too much. So, yeah. But I think he'll be a good choice for you. Again, he's got bags of experience at the top, top level as well. Like you said, Real Madrid, Spain, um, what he's done with Sevilla. So you are getting a top-class manager in there. It's just about giving him time. And Wolves do give managers time, to be fair. Although Lage, I think, was a bit of an exception to the rule. But I feel like Wolves should be giving this guy time if you're going to hire him. Because this chopping and changing of managers now in the Prem, it's not cutting it no more. It's not a sustainable model. Uh, obviously, Julian Lopetegui, front runner. Josh, does that sort of, does that name excite you, or is there any other names out there that would take your fancy? Apart from Ruben uh, Amoy, maybe he was my number one straight away. I was like, that's what I want. It just feels like a very, if, I, I don't know how to describe it. It just feels like it's very overdue sort of thing to have him as the manager. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because, well, as long as he joins. But I, I think the thing is, Wolves have got to go through a bit of a. We need to it's an evolution rather than revolution at the minute. I think you know, we was linked with the guy from Mainz, and that is that would have been revolution. I think we'd have struggled seriously because none of the players could play like a high press system yeah. and you'd be scraping results. Whereas in Lopetag, it's like it's like an upgrade on Bruno and probably Nuno, with all due respect, you know, he's that little bit of more a bit more of a tactician. It is, yeah. Uh, Instant access with a little pop-up goonie there. That's Rich coming from Chelsea fan, chopping and changing managers. Uh, you mentioned sort of Wolves um, being good at giving managers time and um, didn't really give two call the time at the end, did they, uh, Gurney? But I know we spoke regularly in, in the group chat that his time had come to a an end quite justifiably. Yeah, I mean... I was one of the few, like, towards the end that was starting to speak out against, you know, perhaps him being manager because there were just some things that you just... Th there's some intangibles in football that you can't negotiate. And one that I was seeing clearly and for a long period of time is that quite a lot of that squad had down tools for the manager. And once that happens, once you lose the dressing room, that's the end of it for you. doesn't matter if you're Alex Ferguson, Pep Guardiola. Once that dressing room's gone, that's it. You might as well hand in your resignation or just wait for your sacking to happen. And that's what happened to him. And that's not, for, that's not me trying to be disrespectful to the manager because I've said this several times. As a Chelsea fan, I've had to learn the hard way in the past. So I have no attachment to any manager and even to an extent, any player that comes through the club. What I really care about is Chelsea Football Club because long after they're gone, Chelsea remains. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, Tuchel, it, it was that time. It just wasn't good enough. And under him, there was a huge risk of us, 
you know, not coming out of the group in the Champions League, perhaps not getting a Champions League place or getting any kind of silverware. Um, after spending that kind of money, it would have been unacceptable. So his time was kind of up, unfortunately. Going to come to you quickly for the score predictions. Going to come to you first, Gurney. Chelsea Wolves on Saturday, 3pm at Stamford Bridge. Where's your money? I'm going to go with Chelsea and I think it's going to be 2 0. Josh, I know you said you'd take a 2 0 uh, earlier, but what's, what's your actual, uh, where's your money Where's your money going to go? I'll, I'll sub them down for the last half now, but I'll go 1 1. <laughs> I would absolutely bite your hand off for a 1 0 draw on Saturday. That's, we just need to start getting points on the board, don't we? But um, yeah, I said to you off air, I think we just need to put in a respectable performance, try and just build a bit of confidence because. Mm. Forest the week after is probably one of the biggest games in in recent years for Wolves because I think a defeat at home to Norwich and as I said to you off air the the toxic the toxicity yeah. will rise to another level that Fosen still haven't seen since taking over this club. I'm going to end tonight's show before I do the usual sponsor callouts. We have just a little to a little piece of a, a quiz between you two guys, Goonie and Josh, and it's a it's a squad. Question back in 2017, Chelsea knocked Wolves out of the FA Cup 2 0 at Molyneux. The starting lineups that day, you need to name a player each, and it's sudden death until the other one forgets or gets a player wrong. And I'm going to come Oof. to our guest tonight, Gooney. Can you name a player that featured in the game between Wolves and Chelsea in 2017 in the 2 0 FA Cup win? <laughs> You've left yourself on mute. <laughs> Pedro, I, I believe Pedro scored as well in that game. If my memory I think he did, did he? That that first guess is correct. Pedro was one of the goal scorers that day. Josh, can you uh, remember a player from that game? I'll go for the most infamous moment in that game, George Savile. George Savile cracking the post earlier on in in the in the toy. That is yeah, a correct yeah, guess. I remember that. I remember that. Gune, coming back to you. Uh, now he's starting to come back. I'm going to go with the other goal scorer that day. I think it was was it Hazard or Costa? Did Hazard assist or did Costa assist? I think Costa scored as well. I think it was Costa. Yeah. So Diego. The correct answer and goal scorer in that two 0 victory was Diego Costa. Josh, back to you. I'll go Danny Bath because I think Costa had him on strings all afternoon. Danny Bath, Captain Wolves that day. That's another correct guess. Back to you, Gooney. The pressure starts to rise as you start to overthink players now. Uh, can I name Chelsea players? You can. That's what I mean. You, you, I you, you guys can pick who you want. Put okay. more pressure on Gooney that way if you like. All right. So I've already mentioned Hazard. I'm going to go with him. Yeah. Eden Hazard obviously got the assist that day. Back to you, Josh. Ooh. Helder Costa. Helder Costa started on the right wing that day for Wolves. If any of you in the uh, comment section tonight want to join in, feel free to drop some guesses. I'm not sure these two can see the answers unless I put them up. So join in. Remember to drop a like in the uh, left-hand bottom screen. If you want Wolves to win on Saturday, drop a, a, a like in the bottom left of the screen. If you think Wolves can get a draw on Saturday, drop a like in the left-hand bottom of the screen. <laughs> and if you like my my Wolves cap, drop a like in the bottom of the screen. 
if you're just enjoying to be alive right now, drop a quick comment <laughs> saying thanks for uh, being a part of your life tonight. Josh, your go. Uh, Lee Evans. Lee Evans. And the winner of tonight's show oh. is Goonie. Lee Evans was on the bench that day, but he didn't make an appearance. Ash, just to seal the win, can you name one more player from that fixture that day? Fabregas is magic. He wears a magic hat. He <laughs> could have played for Arsenal, but he said no if that. <laughs> yes, Fabregas was a correct guess. You could have had <laughs> Josh, you could have had players like Carla Kimi. Connor Cody was right back that evening. Uh, Danny Bat centre half partner was uh, Courtney Hayes, left back, Matt Doherty, midfield three of Dave Edwards, Jack Price, and George Saville. You've already mentioned Helder Costa, and his two front uh, men partners that day were John Daddy Bodvarson and Andy Vyman. I was trying to think of attackers, I just could not. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining the Wars Fancast match preview tonight as part of the 90 Min Network and our official sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Goonie, thanks for joining us tonight. I'll be speaking to you in the group chat, hopefully on Saturday. But if Wars lose, I will be off grid for a few hours. <laughs> no, uh, man, appreciate it. It's always good to be on the platform. Thanks for inviting me back it. on, man. Tell everyone where to follow and subscribe you again. Man Knows Football on YouTube. Man Knows Football on Instagram. Man Knows Football on TikTok as well. Uh, man No Football on Twitter. So drop the S on Twitter. That's because I didn't have enough characters to get Man Knows Football. So that's where you can find us. See, it's good night from me and Josh up the wolves. All right.